The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Dave McDonald. I'm going to apologise in advance uh, for the bad sound quality down my end because usually I go down to the hotel library, Damon, to record this. It's not bad in there, but this time I've gone down there and there's a lady in there having some sort of work meeting. So I've had to go into one of the conference rooms, which has got a loud echo. So Damon and I, just putting back the curfew, we discussed... Could he hear the echo? Yes, the echo is quite bad. Can he hear the lady having a conversation in the other room? Yes, he can. And so you will probably hear it too, listeners. But we also uh, decided that it's World Tag League and no one gives a shit. So <laughs> just like the real New Japan for wrestling, there's probably no audience for this. So it's fine. Ah, oh, 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 that's terrible news. Well, I hope not because I've, I've uh, awoken from a deep sleep um, here at 6 a.m., to give you our uh, to give you our hot takes on shows that deserve none. <laughs> um, no, just kidding, of course. And Joel, I don't know if you know this. Uh, it is a very uh, important week here in the United States of America as we celebrate Thanksgiving this week, uh, which is probably like our number two holiday. And uh, so everyone's excited to not see anyone because we are in full fucking lockdown. <laughs> We are, we have been told, uh, Joel, please do not have family gatherings. Uh, please do not invite people over the house and vice versa. And um, we are, we are to have we have solo Thanksgivings. Um, so uh, the reason why I felt this podcast was so important because I'm thinking, Joel, maybe there are people that listen to this uh, that are still hanging on for dear life or inter- interesting content from us. Uh, maybe they need two hours to have a laugh because they can't spend time with family uh, that they normally would. Or uh, maybe they are spending time with family and they need to get the fuck out of, you know, <laughs> stop listening to these morons. Uh, so they need to put on their earbuds. So uh, we're performing a public service here, Jolt, here today. So know that what you, what you say... And, and what uh, gets dropped onto your recording device and then uploaded and edited by the great Dan, Dan the editor, um, and then sent back to me and uploaded <laughs> uh, is an important... And then, <laughs> then uploaded by Joan Rich. So <laughs> right, right, there's about then... four different uploading steps going on to get this nonsense on <laughs> right, I, then, Yep, and then I have to direct message uh, either one, in which I copy and paste the same message every time. I think they catch, caught on a couple times. He's like, this guy says the same fucking thing every time. Weird. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. 
There's a lot going on for us to make sure that you have a smile on your face this Thanksgiving week. So you're welcome. I will also point out that as we're recording this show, there is a World Tag League show going on. So we're in the middle of Dangerous Techers versus Carnival the Cop. And it looks really good, actually, from where I'm sitting anyway. So we'll be giving you uh, live updates on that as we go through. But Damon, I'm going to start off with a very spicy question. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, no, no sitting on the fence. I want a straight answer from you. Do you like how so many venues in Japan look different? I'm, I'm, do I like how many? Do I like the fact that Japanese so, so many venues in look, Japan look, look different? Different. Um, I do a lot. Um, I think you can say that about a lot of places. Um, that's a odd question. Uh, I will, but you know what though? I think even more so for pro wrestling. And 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 here's where I'm going to sort of agree in the sense of in the states we just have these cookie cutter arenas. They're they're copies of a copy of a copy of a copy, and you couldn't tell one from another. And the fact that I mean, the last show that we saw was in. I think the the Japanese version of the Tate Museum <laughs> um, is uh, – I do like that. I do like the little nuances of buildings. I see, But I'm a building guy. Like I like – I like that. I like like baseball fields and I like soccer fields and I like um, arenas in general. So I do kind of get a little – my rocks off a little bit off of that. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a, I do like that. To answer the question, yes. A, a solid, firm, yes, I do. How about you, Joel? Absolutely despise it, Damon. I've got really? no time for it. I, I wish all arenas looked exactly the same. Oh. I, I hate, I'm, I'm filled with rage when I turn on a New Japan show and the big palette Fukushima looks different to the G messy Gunma, which looks different to the Saku City General Gymnasium, which looks different <laughs> to the Komatsu City Swahiro Gymnasium. And... I just, I, I almost want to turn off the show. Wow. Because they all look different. And oh. I, I hate it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> I think there's sarcasm in there, Joe. I think you're, I think, I don't think you're serious with that statement. Um, but I do, I do. What's, what's the one in, um, in Osaka with um, the stained glass windows? I forget. Uh, yeah, Which I know one's the one it? you mean. It's, it's Dragon Gate runs there all the time. Isn't it? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm going to Google it. Kobe stained glass. <laughs> right, 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 please. It's like D, D, DBS Hall or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Again, no, dra- this, this search has all gone wrong. Incorporate stained glass in oh, your wedding fuck. decor. Google, <laughs> you hunk of shit. You and your uh, computer learning. Um, you know which one I'm talking about. I, th- I think you're right, though. I think it's like DBS or something like that. Um, it might have changed names or something that that I would uh, that is one regret I have in my life. I have never witnessed any show of whatsoever in that what looks to be beautiful arena. Imagine that. Imagine watching a pro wrestling show with that background. Oh, what's the worst venue you've been in? Um, For anything, concert, worst venue. There's one in Brighton called I think it was called the Ocean Rooms where I went to see a Pendulum gig for any drum and bass fans out there. And it was so hot and humid in there that the ceiling was literally dripping. 
Ew. Probably, I, I assume that was human perspiration that was dripping from the ceilings. But yeah, it was pretty disgusting. Oh, that's fucking gross. Wow. Huh. Uh, no, I can't say. It. I mean, I've been in some fucking seedy places, but um, Philly had a place called um, where all the punk shows were. It's called Revival. Um, that was pretty bad. Uh, but I guess like me, like, you know what venue I fucking hate for anything, for concerts and, and even wrestling that I saw there was um, Terminal 5 in New York City. Oh, I fucking hate the sight lines. I hate there's like these there's pillars everywhere. You can't see shit. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of, of the Terminal 5. That's for sure. Um, what's the best venue you've been to? I love Korakuen Hall. I know I've only yeah. been there once, but it was incredible. I know. It is. It, you just you do feel like so many. I've probably been there between all the travels. I've, I've had to have been there at least 20 times. But every time is such a good, you know what I mean? Like every time you, it's such a good time. All your friends are there. All, all you have so many good laughs, uh, and you're in a in in a historic building. I love like just watching old shit, and they'll you know I don't know the 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 TV show will just switch. Uh, we're corking. I'm like oh fuck, and it's been rebuilt and refurbished and shit. But I don't know, man. I just every time I go there, I always take a picture of my feet uh, on that little like wood parquet floor kind of thing. Fuck, I'm going to miss it this year. I'm going to miss it. You're not going, right? Is that confirmed? No, definitely yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll tell listen. you what, this, uh, this match is really fucking good. This, this Dangerous Techers versus Khan and the Cop. Taichi and Okan are really going out of here. Sorry to change the subject, but I just wanted to share that. I'm really excited. All right, I'll watch that again. I don't have it on right now. I'll, I'll be too distracted. Um, giving quality content uh, here. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, on paper, that sounds pretty fucking great, right? How, how what, do, what do you, I mean, you take us where you want to go, but what, what have you thought of World Tag League so far? Should we do World Tag League first then? Yeah, why not? They just got him. They got, they got Okan with the Zach Mephisto. Dangerous tech has picked up the win, which means I've got to update my notes. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're on the fly. I, I forgot that there was a show today. We're, uh, we're, we're doing a show on the fly here. All right. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let me do it. So Khan and the Cobb have just lost to Dangerous Techers. Uh, what, am I, what do I think of it so far? Well, we've got a question. Someone asked, uh, Rika Tatsumi said, is Joel ready to put World Tag League uh, above G1? Mm. In terms of just casual enjoyment, I'm having a lot of fun watching this tournament because there's something about the G1, it feels more heavy and it feels like when I'm watching it, I've, I've got to have a take. And there's more people watching it, so there's more people bickering on it, and, and the online discourse about G1 is way more tiresome than World Tag League because no, no one's watching World Tag League apart from uh, crazy people like us. So I can kind of enjoy the shows in peace. I think the quality's been good as far as World Tag Leagues, and, and I mean maybe Best of Super Juniors isn't up to the very high standards that we normally see, but uh, in terms of enjoyment, it just feels that it's less heavy and stressful than a G1. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. Um, right, I don't f- necessarily feel the the pressure to not miss a night. I don't feel the pressure of um, ev- while everything every match means something. I right, there is not that weight of oh my god, I got to make sure that you know I'm I'm not digging around in my phone. 
during this match. Whereas World Tag League, yeah, there is a little bit more of a casual feel. Um, and I don't want to say it's less important, but let's be honest here. It's less important. Um, I mean, here's the thing, too, though. I And I do try to keep myself in a, in a positive frame of mind. I know that's shocking, people, but yes. Uh, I... You know, we we could be just in the middle of a normal world tag league watching fucking, you know, nonsense. <laughs> At least these these are a little fresh. I like the, I like the the, the the you know the fact that we're seeing teams that feel at least fresh. They don't feel as stale as you would normally see in World Tag League. I think the matches have been good. I don't think anything's been great. I mean the jury's still out. I'll, I'll have to watch this this match that you um, just talked about, Corn on the Cob and Con on the Cob, excuse me, and Dangerous Techers, which sounds great. Um, I think this whole couple weeks, though, has been, and again, using the star analogy, the, the old, what do we call it, the Gentleman's Three? It's That's what it's been. And it's been different shades of that. There's been some of, okay, you know, a little bit lower on the gentleman's three scale, a little bit higher. We'll throw in, you know, a little bit better than that match, but not, you know, I'm going to give it another level of great. I don't know if we've seen great yet. I mean, I don't know if there's anything where I would be. Make sure you fucking carve out 15, 20 minutes to watch this match. I don't know if I can say that yet, um, but it has been good. Like, not, again, not make sure you fucking carve out time during your day and watch. But if you pop it on, I don't think anybody is turning it off and being like, oh, this is bullshit. I think people are kind of like, okay, that was cool. <laughs> you know, you know, it's not impactful. It's not going to change your pro wrestling life. But it's, I don't, it's not bad pro wrestling. That I certainly wouldn't say that. It's, it's good pro wrestling. And... I don't know. I, people's standards are very high, and I get it. I understand that people have busy lives, and they don't want to sit through. Here's the thing. I don't think people feel the need, or it's important enough in their lives, or in their pro wrestling fandom, to say, okay, I got to make sure I watch this. They feel comfortable in the fact, I'll catch up with it when it's necessary, because I know none of this means anything until we get you know, at least a week or so later into this. I think it's important to keep in mind the fact that really these are house shows that we're watching. Right. And New Japan are putting, well, it, it seems to me anyway that they are putting out way more content than a lot of other wrestling promotions. They are, what was it, 10 tournaments since the restart? There's yeah. so much stuff to watch and you don't have to watch all of it. Even if you are a big New Japan fan, it's okay to stop watching like, you know, this tour or whatever. You don't, it is, and if you do watch every single thing, it's normal to get burnt out. And this is the time of year where people, in a regular year, when things are paid, uh, spaced out as they would usually be, people get burned out anyway. You know, yep. people hand wave the World Tag League. So it is c completely understandable that there's fewer people watching it, and the people that are watching it are, are hand waving it. Uh, because I, I don't think these are shows that are, they're not designed to be consumed by the casual viewer. The casual viewer is not intended to be going on New Japan World every single night watching every single World Tag League show. So 
that's something to keep in mind. So, but on the other hand, I think the average match quality of World Tag League specifically, I think, has been higher than recent years. I, I certainly think there's the the sort of the floor for a World Tag League match this year is a lot higher than it has been in previous years, and we've we've got ten teams rather than eighteen teams, whatever the fuck it has been the last two years. So there's it, it feels like there's less fat. It's been yeah. trimmed, and so it feels more streamlined. So as far as World Tag League goes, I, I'm enjoying it, and also the fact that I uh, I've I've been not having them on in the background, but I have the New Japan World window and I'll have the Discord's chat window up as well so it's kind of fun to you know, get the usual people logging on okay we're ready for more nonsense today guys and sort of being able to enjoy the show and, and chat with other people on our Discord at the same time without having to worry which is what happens in G1 and I find it kind of, kind of stressful that when you give your take about a particular match that is being sort of scrutinized and compared against everyone else's take because everyone's got a fucking opinion on the G1. Everyone's got to be watching that. So, you know, what I say might be compared to, I don't know, what what John Carroll's saying or what Joe Lanza's saying or what John Pollock was saying or whoever, just sort of picking names at random there. But with World Tag League, there's very few people watching it. So it's yeah, I'm finding it less stressful personally. Right. In that same breath, though, there there is nothing more annoying than... <laughs> and look at us. Uh, but here's the thing. I don't think we even do it now. But anyway, uh, is like, you know, people who try to give you the, the hot takes for World Tag League, you know? Right. And sometimes there isn't the take. Sometimes there you watch is, a match, right. it's fine. There's nothing to say about it. And that's okay. <laughs> right. So that's why I, I'm kind of enjoying this because sometimes I'll watch a show, you know, six matches on the show. I'll only have maybe three talking points to come out of it. And that's okay. Whereas... You know, if we're sitting down to discuss a G1 show when I've got nothing to say about a particular match, then that feels like, oh, maybe I haven't been paying proper attention to it or I need to give it a rewatch. And sometimes it just doesn't deserve it. Right. You just absorb it and you move on with it. Do you think that's better, especially for fans like us who not only want to watch everything, but um, feel somewhat of an obligation to watch everything? Do you do you think you've enjoyed this more than G one? Yes, I think I have wow. for all all the reasons I've laid out. Um, right. You know, even little things like it comes on at a good time for me. Most of these shows are sort of starting around four in the afternoon, which is you know my work day's finished. It's you know before dinner time. Esther might be napping at that time. In the G one, if Esther wakes up while I'm watching one of these shows. I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? And right. I'm sort of multitasking. I might feel like I've got to come back to it later. But with these shows, if I've got to multitask and look after, play with my daughter at the same time, read her a story with the New Japan world in the background, I, I'm more okay with that. Right. I'm going to play devil's advocate, though. Because I, I do agree with you with, uh, to, to a large extent um, with everything that you said. I, I feel generally the same way. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Feels like this has been I can't say all year. I feel like this has been most of the year, and it's just another thing that we can say. Uh, do I need to watch this? Like I know that normally we would get the normal downturn of people diving headfirst into World Tag League. Best of the Super Juniors, though, people are into. Like, we we get a lot of uh, 
it feels like we get a lot of buzz and volume and, p- and chatter when it comes to the best of the Super Junior. And I don't feel that this year at all. I'm, I may I might be wrong, and I purposely disconnect myself from a lot of that. But even even that being said, I don't feel that this has the buzz that a previous best of the Super Junior has had, even to date. When it comes to matches, when it comes to must see, when it comes to all of that, the 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 lure of the best of the super juniors, whatever that means, and I think that adds to the, for lack of a better term, the narrative that many people have of New Japan having an off year. Um, again, if we look at it critically, I think this is the time of year when people do take off, and they look at it critically. You know, and hand wave it anyway. And I think they're missing out because I think this year it's been between new tag teams, fresh matchups, guys working generally hard when in the past they might not even be doing half as much as as they're doing now. Uh, But again, it's that level, that, that even keel. And still, to me, Sometimes I get that, not sometimes, I do get that feeling of we're just trying to get from point A to point B till we get to the big buildings. Yeah, well, that's totally fair. And I think it's important to be reflective about your own relationship with New Japan. And, you know, a lot of people have come out and said, look, I'm, I'm not enjoying it as much as I have done in previous years. I'm going to stop watching for a while. I'll, I'll pop back in for Wrestle Kingdom. That's absolutely fine. Um, I think you can tell which people out there are burnt out on the products and re- let's let's be honest resent having to cover it at the moment um and i'm just i'm i'm enjoying it i mean you know obviously i've got an agenda because i've got this podcast to talk about so i do have to watch everything but i just seem to be a lot more positive on it than uh, the, the general consensus right now do you think it's and- getting a fair shake I don't. I don't. I don't. I think. I think World Tag League in particular has become sort of like the, the, the punchline. It's like the butt of everyone's jokes. Whereas I, I actually think it's been good. I think it's been good. Um, best of the Super Juniors. Yeah, I mean, maybe it, it's not peaking as high as previous years because uh, it's half the size it usually is, and they've got access to significantly fewer wrestlers than they normally would. But. I've, st- I've still enjoyed it a lot. I think some of the matches have been excellent. So, yeah, to be honest, I think uh, it, some people are not engaging with it in good faith because there are things, there are aspects of the product they dislike, which is, you know, the interference, the um, the ref bumps, the low blows, the cheating, all of that. And if you hate that, that's fine. That's absolutely okay to hate that. People are going to have different tastes doesn't bother me as much as other people but i think that is also clouding the judgment for some viewers where they're seeing that element of it and it's ruining the whole experience and their inclination is to then say well you know there there was a a ref bump and a low blow in this match so the whole product is trash and i think that's unfair i don't and what's weird is that i don't really get a huge feeling of ref bump like g1 i don't know and again maybe i'm the 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 stereotypical person that you know 
people like to make fun of when it comes to the seriousness of G1. Nah, don't don't foul the G1. Um, I don't know why I talk like that, but, but all right. Um, it's, not, it's not you. I can guarantee you it's not <laughs> no, you. No, okay. All right, but, but I, I mean, but there is a certain point to that that I tend to agree with, is that I do like G1 to be less bullshit, you know? But if you're going to have bullshit in a tournament, like, I, do, do I give a fuck if, if Despy does a, a low blow? I got to be honest with you, I don't. Um, do I give a shit if Evil and fucking... Um, I couldn't even tell you who's in there with. Who's he in there with? Who's his partner? Udrow uh, or Dick Togo? Any one of the three. Uh, you know, sh- bullshit shenanigans. I, you know, it's coming, and it's and again, here's here's the time where you can honestly say, eh, shoulder shrug. It's fucking World Tag League. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you know I, mean? I, I just I see that like you know a Dick Togo choking spot as that's one of the signature evil spots in the match. The same the same way I would. Uh, you know, see a, a sling blade. It's right. a, a part of his move set, if you like. That's going to appear at a certain point in the match, and it it just you know, if you hate that and you think that shouldn't be in pro wrestling, again, that's fine. But it's there, so either I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be one of these people that's like, oh, if you don't like it, stop watching it, because that's what WWE fans say. And I don't want to sound like them. But uh, I'll get your belt. You, I'll get your belt. You can carry around. <laughs> <laughs> walk around the house yeah. with it <laughs> yeah do, do you know what I'm saying Damon it's yeah. it's okay if you hate that stuff but uh, I also think there's there's more to it than that I think there's a lot of really good stuff to to appreciate and to discuss fairly even if you dislike that particular element of New Japan right speaking of WWF I know I'm changing gears but it just popped in my head so um, I was watching it was it just happened to fall on the exact date, like November twenty second. I was watching a old WWF house show from Madison Square Garden, and I wholeheartedly recommend anyone find it. I have it. If you need it, I'll send it. Put it somewhere. Um, I got it online, so it's not like it, you know, it's mine. Um, and it, it was uh, Snooker, Jimmy Snooker versus uh, Lou Albano, right? <laughs> and Lou Albano is in the ring, and Joel he is bombed out of his mind. Like you could just tell he is just drunk out of his skull. And uh you know, of course Snook is gonna dominate against Albano, and Albano uh takes a headbutt, right? Just a regular, you know, you know the Snooker headbutt, he jumps up in the air a little bit and wrenches back and clunk, you know, does the headbutt. Albano is running around the ring, standing up, run, again running around the ring. At at the same time, you see him. Not even inconspicuously, just all out in the open. He's unwrapping his thumb, because that's where the blade is. Unwrapping his thumb, and then proceeds, again, standing up, running around the ring, not bent over in any way, shape, or form. Starts jabbing his thumb into his head to blade. And he did this (sighs) several times. Several times. It was the most unbelievable display of... Not protecting the business. In, and again, 1982, Madison Square Garden, you would think, the, the pinnacle of protect the business. Albano was running around. He, he might as well have just had a machete and just started chopping his head off. Uh, it, was the, it was the equivalent. Like, to me, that was more embarrassing than anything I've seen in New Japan this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? When it comes to ref bumps or anything like that. Like, that 1982 blade job from a drunk 
Captain Lou Albano was more embarrassing watching. And, and Cheryl's watching. She goes, is he cutting himself? I'm like, yep, he sure is. He goes, isn't he, he going to try and at least like, hide that? I was like, he ain't <laughs> in front of 18,000 people. It, it was unbelievable. So, again, if we're talking about nonsense, <laughs> nonsense has been everywhere, man. Nonsense. There's plenty of shit to hand wave in pro wrestling throughout the years. I'm not going to hang my hat on. 2020 COVID era clap crowd New Japan Pro Wrestling. Well, I've got to say as well, this uh, Goto Yoshihashi versus Sonata Shingo match is pretty tasty as well. Goto it's a good night, huh? Sonata, yeah, it, it is. Um, I mean, I, I missed the first few matches, so I can't speak to those, but this is what I mean. I always find myself enjoying the matches, even with the clap crowds, and I think it's good. But yes. if you are the type of fan who's burnt out and you want to just you know come back for the finals at Budokan, Come back for Wrestle Kingdom. We'll be here to, to welcome you with open arms. Uh, should we get into it then? I mean, yeah. I, I thought the best thing would be to just discuss each of the participants in the two tournaments. Maybe give them a letter grade. Um, if, you, if we don't have anything to say about them, I'm just going to be honest and be like, <laughs> they, they were there. They were fine. Um, let's do World Tagging then. So we've got Bad Luck Farley and Chase Owens who are on two points. They lost to Carnal the Cobb and Shingo Tsunada. But tonight they beat Finjuice. So they are off, off the marks with two points. I'm, I look at this team, they're the night off for the other participants because they're going to spend, their opponents are going to spend the bulk of the match selling for Farley doing his big man stuff and Chase Owens doing his heel stuff. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, I'd say their matches are skippable. They're put first on the card. Well, after the, um, you know, the Young Lions match, they're put in the, the first of the World Tag League matches for a reason. And I think you can safely skip them. But that said, I did enjoy their LIJ match because you can tell that Bad Luck Fale respects Shingo Takagi because he he was bumping for him, basically. He was actually doing stuff and there was yeah. some interesting back and forth, you know, power spots there. And I thought Chase Owens and Sanada had a surprisingly good uh, closing sequence there with some good roll-up reversal sequences. So uh, I thought that performance was pretty good, but everything else is skippable. It's the night off. Yeah. He's, they just picked up a win here. Fale, get the pin? You think, do you see? Uh, yes, he did. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't really say too much in the sense of excitement or passion when it comes to Fale and Owens. I've. Uh, it was nice to see them right when they first debuted. I actually did. I actually did enjoy seeing them again. Uh, but it's kind of worn its welcome out a little bit. That's okay. Uh, you know, look, people have to lose, and, that, and that's fine. Um, I do I don't think bad luck for like in the post match stuff saying he demands a recount. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's great. By the way, we <clears throat> I know people don't really want us to, but we haven't really gotten into that. What what a what an unbelievable Saturday that was last week. Um anywho, um they've they've done how do I say this without being <laughs> insulting? They've done exactly what they needed to do in this tournament. Um, they're going to lose more than they win. Um, Chase more than likely will be the one eating falls. Um, the matches have been okay. They probably, if, if, if we talk about that, you know, level average gentleman's three, they're probably on the lower end of that gentleman's three consistently. Like, I haven't seen a match where I've been like, oh, this has been great. 
No. Um, yeah, and you're right. And every night they've opened, right? They've opened every night. So that might tell you something too. Maybe not, but every night they've opened. Um, they've done okay. They've they've been fine. They they're they're doing what they're there to do. Which, okay, you know, shoulder shrug. Good on them. Good to see him back. Hinare, so that's uh, Hin- Toa Hinare and Hiroshi Tanahashi have got two points. They lost to Finjuice and Yoshihashi and Goto, but tonight they managed to beat Evil and Yujiro. So Hinare picked up a win here. He ah. hit the toe bottom on Yujiro and has got two points for his team. And you, you get the same layout each time in these matches uh, where Tanahashi, his knee gets taken out. Uh, it's, it's like Dangerous Techers have sort of laid the blueprint for that because all the other teams are like copying them, which makes sense. Like I kind of like that continuity. And I was saying before tonight's shows happened that I really wanted Hinari to pin someone because he is a guy who he always brings up the energy of the match and he, he pushes other people to get out of their comfort zone. And he's a guy who knows that he's got to seize every chance he gets. So he never phones it in. You always get maximum effort from him. And I think that makes his opponents put in more effort as a result. And always leaves me personally wanting to see singles matches. Like, you know, if he's going back and forth with uh, a Taichi or a Goto, I think, oh yeah, this would be a really good singles program. But I I mean, prior to him picking up this win, I was very worried about Hanari because he's a guy, every year we seem to have this conversation and when, he's gonna ha- when is he going to have his breakout moment? And for whatever reason, whether it's injury or COVID or whatever, he seems stuck in the same spot. But it's encouraging to see that he's picked up a win tonight. And hopefully we get more of that because I think... He is the interesting part of this team, not Tanahashi. Yeah. He is a guy that just had sh- has had shit luck. You know, I mean, you're right, between injuries and COVID and getting into the country. And it seems like any time he gets any type of momentum, he gets derailed by some outside forces. Uh, poor guy. Eh, he doesn't need my sympathy. Well, that makes him a compelling baby face, doesn't it? It makes you want to cheer it him does. up because of that real life stuff that you want to see him succeed because he's a guy that uh, we know personally works so hard to be successful, whether that's you know his training, his diet, uh, what he's practicing in the ring. So yeah. he's a guy that we want to see doing well. And you know we've kind of hitched our wagon to him. We've seen him coming up from being a young lion and it's taking a long time. And I hope that, you know, I would really like to see, you know, pinning Yudro, that's one thing. I want to see him get a pin over a big name during this tour. Yeah, me too. Can you imagine weighing food, like going out to eat with the missus, the baby, and bringing a scale with you <laughs> to, to weigh your food and your protein count? Could you imagine that? Could you imagine living that life? Uh, <laughs> no, I'll right. jump out a window. Right. The only I'm weighing is, is, is how much does the tray hold? Give me, keep up. How many plates can I put on here? Uh, yeah, but that's Hanari. I mean, you talk about how he 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 takes his craft so seriously. Um, I'm going to ask a, uh, and I'm going to use the term, and I'm going to. It's going to give me fucking douche chills. Uh, kayfabe. Uh, why does Hiroshi Tanahashi always pick middle of the road guys in? World Tag League. Like, wouldn't he want to pick, like, a guy that's a little bit higher up in the in the pecking order? But he always seems to find, like, you know, the not quite young lion, but certainly not, you know, in line for a never title type of guy. 
Why? Why? Why would he do that? Why? Why? Does he like? Does he want to be the guy that makes people stars? Uh, like, what would be the pro wrestling logic in in Hiroshi Tanahashi doing that year after year after year? Yeah, I think he he strikes me as the sort of person who would think, yeah, I'm going to use this opportunity to try and take a young guy under my wing and he can learn something from me and we're going to have a go at it together. We're not going to win the tournament, but we're going to have a bloody good time. I'm okay. going to try our best. Ah, I like that. I like that. Oh, well, listen. And also, he doesn't want to win it because he's usually got something <laughs> bigger planned for Wrestle Kingdom. So right. if he has right. a good partner, then he's going to be pulling double duty. So he can't have that. Right. So, like, if you're Hanare, you're like, listen, I know you don't want to be with me because you really don't want to win this fucking thing. But okay, fine. We'll tag together. Oh, fuck me. All right. Very good. Thank you for that. Uh, Who's next? Let's talk about Goto and Yoshihashi, who have just been defeated by LIJ. So they got four points. They've lost to Ishii and Yano. They beat Henares, and now they've lost to LIJ. They're fine. I mean, I thought they showed really good energy in the the intra-chaos tag matches. I've said before, I think they enjoy working amongst each other. Uh, So when you see like Goto, Yoshihashi, Ishii, Yano facing off together... I think the matches are always a really good quality. Um, and I found it interesting seeing the six-man champions facing each other, like having one six-man champion pinning another one. Uh, I thought that was quite interesting. And this police are coming for you, Joel. Pretty good. Police, police are coming. <laughs> <laughs> you better hide under the table. Uh, so, yeah, they, they're good. I like this team. Yeah. Um, to me, they're a good team. They're They've... Always been a good team. I just find them to be the least interesting team. Even I think they with... stepped up from last from last year. Last year they were well. Actually, did they even team last? They didn't, did they? It's a yeah. new team. Yeah, but it's the same. It feels like interchangeable parts in chaos, right? I mean, let's let's be truthful here. Chaos is pretty fucking dull, right, Joel? I was going to ask you about that. I've just been sort of seeing the way that the factions seem to be subtly realigned here. Do you think? Chaos might be on its last legs, or do you think there's more gas in the tank for them? Uh, I mean, there's always rumors, right? There's always uh, scuttlebutt uh, and little things that we we hear whispers on the street. As a matter of fact, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I just, you know, it, it, they seem like a, a ship without a fucking sail at this point. Between Okada. Osprey taking a hike, forming his own thing. Um, Goto and Yoshihashi and Ishii all, you know, kind of just fucking bobbing in the ocean. Does anybody even care that Rapungi 3K is in this faction? Um, I don't know. It just seems like one of those things where I I think it's, it's – I, I, I felt like it's run its course for a while. I would not be surprised if if we're talking about, you know, next year not really having a chaos in, in the uh in the mix. And I don't I don't think that would be a bad thing. I just think they're very it's very stale. Like of all the factions, and you know me and my faction talk, of all the factions I don't know. This one just seems like it doesn't even feel like it's a thing anymore. It feels like this. It 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 feels like Great Bash Heel or something like that. You know what I mean? Where it's a thing, but it's not really a thing at this point. Like it's just it, we're just saying it to because you know it's something that New Japan does. 
Um, yeah, we don't see I, much merchandise as well, like just purely chaos branded stuff. You don't see that a lot these days. Yeah, it's, I mean that's a good point too. So, I mean that that usually is a uh, small indicator. You know, if they're not making new shit, that might be, that might be. I mean, I, mean, I don't have my uh, my uh, New Japan shop open to see the top selling items, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. Joel, that chaos, a chaos branded towel is not on the top five. That's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, to me, it feels like it's something that's run its course and um, there's really not a lot of juice going into it. Like this feud with Okada and, and Osprey is more about the empire than it is about chaos, right? It's, it's more about you turned your back on chaos and no, that's not it. This is. Um, I here's the empire. We're the new fucking kids in town, and fuck you, Okada. Not even necessarily fuck you, Chaos. Well, speaking of Juice, I will transition to talking about Finn Juice, David Finn and Juice Robinson, who are on four points. They beat Henares, then they lost to Conor the Cobb and lost to Farley and Chase, which was a surprise because a lot of people thought they might go uh, 0 4, the Farley and Chase team. My big takeaway from this team is that I think Finley is looking really good. He's improved his promos. You remember I said last week he needs to be taking the lead on that. Don't just stand back and let Juice do all the talking. And the very next show they're on, almost as if, I'm sure he doesn't, but almost as if David Finley was listening to our podcast and he was showing the fire and the passion, talking about how much he wanted to win this thing. And Juice was the one in the background saying, yeah, what he said. So that was good to see. Uh, I think he's looking in great shape. I like the new gear. And he just seems to be, again, one of these guys who I think is bringing a lot of effort into this tournament, which is a trend we're seeing in both tournaments, that there's some guys who they're just phoning it in, and there's some guys who this is make or break for them. And I think Finley is a guy who is bringing it in this tournament. Like the, the match against Connell the Cobb, I thought was great because, and that was largely because of David Finley. He was the one who was flying around the ring, bumping like crazy for Jeff Cobb. And Okan, making them both look like monsters. I thought the finish was great where they did the, the acid drop transition and they reversed into the tour of the islands. And I put a large part of that down to David Finley. And I'm, I'm asking myself now if he can overtake Juice Robinson because Juice, I think, has been disappointing since he returned. We were all very excited to see him back in the G1 and he had a pretty meh G1. I think a lot of people were expecting more from him. And there was a moment in their match against Henares where... Juice got his nose busted upon Finley's crotch after a drop toe hold went wrong. And I wonder if that is a nice piece of symbolism for what we're seeing in the future for these two young men. Oh, all right. I like that. Um, you mentioned something that I, that I want to touch on because I've actually thought about this a little bit. And a lot of these guys, you know, the guys that we talk about. And again, you could put Hanare in that, in that mix, Finley in that mix. Chase in that mix. Um, guys who don't necessarily have solid footing and maybe are a little bit leery of getting lapped and having people blow by them because, again, they always have young lions breathing down their neck and they got to take that next step, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Add to that stress the idea of if you're not living in Japan, um, and 
and full-time committed to living in Japan, that might be very difficult and stressful for those type of people. Uh, even like a, a, a Robbie Eagles or some, you know, just people that, again, might not be under a financial commitment uh, from New Japan that are a little worried that, okay, I know that this company isn't making as much money as it did before. And I don't care what business you're in. When that happens, cuts are made and and fat is trimmed and uh, belt buckles are tightened. They got to be, you know, they got to feel that pressure, I would think. And the best way that they can show that, yeah, I still deserve to get a paycheck from you and I still want to be here is to kind of bust their ass a little bit during these type of shows. And I don't want to you know, point a finger at certain people and say, yep, they're doing it and they're doing it and they're doing it. I think a lot of the people that I mentioned are doing that or doing just that. Um, the, the people that you would think might feel uncomfortable in the current pro wrestling landscape are busting their ass to make sure that they have a job in 2021. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And they also know that the company goes through a lot of hassle to get them into the country to work these stores. Right. And they've got to show the company that they're worth it. Yep. That's, that's the big thing. I mean, think of the people behind the scenes getting these people into the country and making sure that they're quarantined or at least at a place where they can say they're quarantined, whether that's the dojo or a fucking apartment or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's a lot going on behind the scenes there that I would expect is very stressful for them, just getting them into the country. Um, Man, that's stressful because... It's not like there's pro wrestling. They can go work anywhere else. They're not going to Rev Pro shows. They're not going to you know Ring of Honor shows. They're not going to anything. There's, there's not a lot out there. So it's it's vital for these guys to make sure that their their stock and their worth is there. Um, and that's got to be a little bit stressful on them too. So maybe that's a, even me being a little bit less critical. And knowing that there are guys in that ring that are fighting for jobs, right? And I and I don't think I'm I'm being outlandish or you know banging the doom and gloom chimes. I think that's the reality of life. That when profits are down and money's down and income is down, cuts are made. Um, and I feel sorry for those people. So. Yeah, what have you thought of Finju so far then? Do you think David Finley has proved so far to the company that he was worth bringing back for this thing? I do. I, I think he'll, I mean, Juice and Finley are going to be in the mix, right? I think we've all agreed on that, right? I mean, that's, they're not doing anything. They're, they, they would make perfect sense. And here's the thing I think Juice is really good. I really do like Juice. Um, has he had the best 2020? No. I don't want to make excuses though. But, you know, he hasn't. He hasn't had the... He, he hasn't. Let's just leave it at that. Um, that being said, he's done more things to help his brand and his character uh, outside of the ring, you know, in, in interviews than, than maybe match quality, right? Um, I, think, I think Juice and Finley are in good shape, personally. 
Um, and again, I think they're going to be in the mix when it comes to the World Tag League Finals. Yeah, they uh, seem to be doing, not a losing streak gimmick, but they're falling behind in a kind of reassuring way. That makes me think they're going to do a little comeback story and be there at the end of the tournament. So yeah, they'd still be my favourites to win the whole thing. Uh, okay, next is uh, Ishii and Yano. They got six points. They beat Goto Yoshihashi. Lost to Evil and Yudro. They beat Gorilla Destiny. I've got nothing to say about this team, Damon. I, I, you know, I had my fill of Ishii uh, during the G1 Climax. I've had my fill of Toriano. So don't really care much for this team. This is just the team that screams to me, we could be having Ishii and Goto, but we don't. So I understand why. Uh, so, you know, that's a, a different conversation, but this team I just don't really care for. I don't think they've ever had interesting uh, chemistry together. They don't do any interesting team moves. They don't, you know, you, you've got the comedy guy and the straight guy. They should be sort of bouncing off each other for comedic effect, but they don't do anything like that. It's like just two completely separate guys. It's like two guys wrestling singles matches out there. So, yeah, I don't like this team. 100% agree. 100% agree. Two singles guys wrestling singles matches in a tag environment. Um, I'm shocked at how many people just dig Yano, though. I can't tell you how many people... Like newer people will, newer fans like dig Yano. I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's fine. Uh, you're right though. Uh, everything that I said about chaos, just cut that out and Dan edit that right here. Like let's let that roll a little bit. It's, just, it's the same I'm going to say. So, yep. And I've seen it a thousand times. It feels like so. I got no interest in it. Dangerous Techers, that's Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. They've got six points. They lost to Sonata and Shingo and Grizz Destiny. And they beat Khan of the Cop. I think, you know, I've sung their praises before about what a great job they're doing in elevating the prestige of the, the championship itself. And they're putting on excellent matches. Here, in this tournament, they are elevating the other contenders. They are elevating the likes of Sonata and Shingo and Gorillas of Destiny and Khan on the Cop you know, regardless of what the result of the match is, but I feel that they are helping through the quality of the matches and the stakes of those matches to lift those other contenders up to close to being their level because they understand there's no point in being dominant champions if everyone else in the division is crap. That's not a healthy division. A healthy division is one where there's good competition. So I think the fact that they're going out there, I thought the, the match they had with Sonata and Shingo was excellent. It was one of my favorite New Japan tag matches of the year. The Gorillas of Destiny one is it, sort of degenerating into silliness by the end. Uh, but the Khan on the Cob one, which admittedly I was sort of watching whilst talking to you on this podcast, but that one looks really good as well. And I think they're both, they're working very hard to plan interesting matches with their opponents and have some, you know, compelling sequences that are unique. You know, they're not just going through the motions. They're doing their best to try and make interesting matchups each time they go out against these teams. And also another thing that I've noticed, as they are facing uh, traditionally heel teams like Gorillas of Destiny and Khan of the Cobb, the, the sort of recalibration of factions that I, I hinted at earlier, the fact that Dangerous Techers are, in those two matches I mentioned, being positioned as the de facto faces, and Suzuki-gun, they've sort of undergone a bit of a transformation in that sense, because we have Bullet Club as the big bad heels of New Japan, and then if we do take Chaos out of the picture, then that makes LIJ uh, become 
I mean, they're, they're, they're baby faces now, right? Yeah, I would say sorry. Yeah. So what are Suzuki doing? Because they don't feel like pure heels. You don't often see Zack and Taichi cheating to win their matches. And when they're facing other heel teams, Taichi and Zack become the baby faces and they wrestle like baby faces and they're able to get the, the crowd cheering for them. So I thought that was just a, an interesting side note to their matches and perhaps laying the table for how the, the faction landscape is going to be reshaped in New Japan. You know, especially if we throw the Empire into the mix, who are going to be heel uh, stable. I think there's some interesting stuff to predict there. Yeah. the I'll, I'll give you just one disappointment that I have, I've had when it comes to Zack and Taichi. And it really falls on that, that uh, Gorilla's Destiny match. Wouldn't it have been nice, at least for that match, because I think everybody going into that match kind of felt like, okay, if there's going to be bullshit, we're going to see bullshit in this match, right? Just hear me out here. Wouldn't it have been something if they had no bullshit? Like, I would really want to see a match between these two guys, or these two teams, that didn't revolve so much around the bullshit, right? I mean, we had the kendo sticks. Uh, ref bumps, uh, iron, the iron claw, iron fingers, right? Microphone stand choking. <laughs> okay, we had right. the full, we had the full bingo card of bullshit in this match. Okay, I, I, you, I, you know, I've spoken. I've got a high tolerance for it. I was laughing. I found it amusing, but again, maybe that wasn't the right kind of reaction for this. I would have loved to see, like you said, just these, you know, four. Bad dudes just going to war, fighting over yeah. the, you know, the pride of being the best tag team. Because you know, there's a lot in there. Guerrillas of Destiny have prided themselves on being uh, the, the, the top boys in the tag division for years. And now Dangerous Techers have taken their, their crowns while they've been away. And you want to see them fighting to regain that. But yeah, I, I mean, maybe they're going to have a rematch somewhere down the line. I don't know. But yeah, it wouldn't have been the direction that I would have chosen for that match. Right, because, and again, just like you laid out, this might be the only time that happens. So if we're talking about a team that has dominated, right? And again, I, I'm, I'm talking like a fucking pro wrestling fan here, but okay. Um, if, if G.O.D. is the, the bar and Dangerous Techers are 2020's shining star, I would, I would have preferred to have seen a match to say, okay, Let's 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 see. Let's 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 you know go fifteen minutes and 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 make it great. Give it and and without all the shit, without all of it, um, that was a disappointment. Uh, because I would have I I and again, it's not about me, mind you, but and maybe we will get that down the road, Joel. It just doesn't feel like the way that the course of this tournament is going. We're going to see that anytime soon, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe they just um, felt like they didn't want to do that on a house show in the arse end of nowhere. Very true. You know what? Valid, very true point. Um, but again, it would it is really the only time we're going to see this in, in the foreseeable future. So it would have been nice. But yeah, I get that. That, that you know, Honestly, that statement probably makes more sense to, to justify what we saw there um, than anything else. So, all right, good job by you. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. 
Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Uh, Booze Leprechaun uh, asks the very relevant question. Can we talk about Dangerous Techs not having a team theme or the fact that Zach doesn't even walk out with Taichi? Even Golden Quarter's own got a team theme as god-awful as it was. So yeah, there's a next step for Dangerous Techers to have uh, a tag team theme or at least walk out together. I'm not asking to hold hands or anything, but you know. I want them to hold hands. <laughs> yeah. You know what? So do I. Now that I've thrown that out there. I want it. <laughs> what the? Um, speaking of themes, did you notice, um, and I didn't, that tells you how much I pay attention to these kind of things. Um, show's new entrance. When did Show get a new entrance? With the 8-bit. Uh, oh, he's had that for ages. <laughs> has he really? Yeah. Really ages? Because I will say this. I usually fast forward to right when the people get in the ring. Like I skip over entrances and um, like 
like fake fan. You're a fake fan, David. How I'm not a fake fan. I'm a fan with not a lot of time in my life. So I I fast forward like once I get the the three uh, on the on the previous match. I I'm not waiting around for people fucking walking back to the ring and all that. I, I'm unless I see something that you know warrants me stopping. Um, I'm fast forwarding straight through to ding <laughs> to the next match. I don't, well, I, I usually don't. Correct me if I'm, I might be wrong here, but I think they played shows theme at Wrestle Kingdom nights two. I want to say right, I was the one I you was, were awake right. <laughs> after the show got the pin over Ishimori or El Fantasma, whoever it was. So you've definitely heard that theme before. I guess you right. forgot. All right. I, I, maybe I liked it a little bit more this time. I don't fucking know. Uh, I, you know, this is usually like one embarrassing thing I say a, a fucking show. Uh, here you go. There, there it is. I just fucking realized that show had a new, uh, a new eight bit theme that I really like. So he's probably had for he did he really come out to that at, at, at Wrestle Kingdom? He didn't come out to it, but I, I believe because he got the winning fall that they played his music afterwards. But okay, his music, wrong. but the, I'm talking about the the, the video. That's, oh. Oh, so you mean that when you say different entrance, you mean an entrance video? Yeah. Like, it's like him as an 8-bit wrestling character, oh. you know? Pixelated. Well, no, the ta- tables are turned now. I'm the one with egg on my face because I don't pay attention to those videos at all. So, yeah, you could be right. I'm going to take an L here as a motorcycle goes racing past. <laughs> say hi to the Fonz for me. <laughs> you don't get that? Come on. Help me, please. Tell me you know who the fucking yes, Fonz yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, I got that. All right, thank God. Oh, hey. There you go. Hey, Richie. Hey, shirtcake. Sit on it. Fucking Potsy. Was Potsy the worst fucking character on all TV? Potsy. No, actually, Ralph Mouth was worse. What the fuck are we talking about? You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You, how many Happy Days episodes have you ever seen? <laughs> I don't think I've watched the full. I'm say, got, we're I'm, approaching one hour here. We haven't even got through half of the fucking. All right. All right. I'm off. Episodes. I'm on holiday. I, I can talk all day long. I don't give a shit. I uh, okay, should we move on then? Uh, Khan yeah. the Cobb. Oh. Great O'Khan and Jeff Cobb, part of the faction mm-hmm. of the Empire, or uh, Ospredo Tai, as some hilarious person has dubbed it, which is a play on the Oedo Tai faction of Stardom. Anyone doesn't get Oof. it. No. Just let that one hang in the air like the bad fart smell that it is. Uh, so they're on six points. They beat Chase and Farley, Finjuice, and then lost to Dangerous Techers. Uh, did, did you see the Okan video with him squashing the apple with his bare hands? I did. I did. That's, a, that's, an old, that's an old 80s wrestling staple. Like Blackjack Mulligan and the claw. Yeah. And Baron Von Raschke with the claw. Well, I, as a noted claw. claw defender, I thought that was good. And I really like this team. I think Jeff Cobb in particular is looking good in his heel role. I think just he's, he's found his feet in New Japan and his opponents are finding ways of making him look good. And... Uh, like for example the, that finish that I talked about in their match with Finjuice with the, the acid drop transitioned into the Tour of the Islands and I think they're coming up with some creative ways to to counter things into the Tour of the Islands which I think is a really good finishing move so their match with Finjuice was really good I, and I think has made them look like contenders so uh, I'm very enthused by this tag team I thought it might just be given the fact that they're a new tag team that they might be a little bit underwhelming, but they're not. And, you know, for the same reasons I laid out last time, they've got a good physical presence about them. They look menacing. And the most importantly, the matches are good. Matches are good. I tell you what, that, that finish on Finley 
That was pretty impressive. Like I saw that online a lot. People sharing that gif. Are you a gif or a gif guy? You're a gif guy, right? Well, GIF. it's stands for oh, no. graphic interface format, right? Okay. So it should be right. gif. And I think All the right. creator said that it's gif, but fuck him. Oh. I, I say gif. I'm a gif guy. All right. Um that that was shared all over the place and well deserved because it was that looked it looked devastating. It looked fucking great. Um for both guys being able to to, you know, Finley too deserves credit for keeping his body under control because that could have gone turned to shit in a in a heartbeat. Great job. I like them. I like their look. I like the feel. I like the fact that they feel like a badass tag team. Like that I was gonna say what like that's a bad example, so never mind. I was going to say like Evil and Sonata wanted to be, but that's not even a good example. Um, they're big. They're horses. I like that. I like that in a, in a tag team. And they feel like a team. Like They don't feel like two guys that are just plopped together to fucking uh, you know, Ishii and Yano. And they don't feel like two separate guys. Even something like- small like the way they pose together in the ring. That shows that yeah. they've put some thought into it about how they're presenting themselves as a team. Yeah, I'm digging it. Um, I'm, I'm digging that that whole Empire thing, actually. Um, I, I think they're doing a, a decent job. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more build. I mean, I know we're in the middle of a tournament, but we do have a Wrestle Kingdom main event right around the fucking corner here. I'd like to see a little bit more build for everything, truthfully. Um, but yes... I think uh, Khan on the Cobb, uh, I'm giving him a, a home run so far. I, I'm digging it. Evil, Yujiro, Takahashi, they got six points. They lost to Gorillas of Destiny, beat Yano and Ishii, and then lost to Hinares. I don't have much to say about this. I mean, we know what we're going to get with Evil and Yujiro at this point. Uh, I was going to say you love it or you hate it. There's probably not too many Nobody people who love it. this team, and that's not the intention. But, I mean, the intention is to uh, build themselves up uh, build up that heat so for example when uh, Henare gets a pin over them then it feels like a, a big triumphant moment for him so if you're looking at it in those terms then mission accomplished but you know the matches I, I can hand wave them I can skip them I don't think any of them have been great they haven't been terrible but they're not nothing to write home about unmissable yeah. let me ask you this do you think this year, and again we everybody was clamoring for a new coat of paint for evil and I don't want to get into the evil talk because it seems like we do it every week, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. He wanted, We all wanted a new coat of paint. Do you think this year has done more good for him or it's hurt him? Good question. Um, in the short term, I would say it's hurt him because I, I see a lot more criticism of him than I did prior to the turn. Mm -hmm. But I I think that is also a fault of the people who are criticizing him because it it seems that they're saying he's a rubbish wrestler now. And he's not. You know, we've seen him go out and have really good matches. He is more than capable of putting on that, you know, clean New Japan style main event to, if not the highest level, a high enough level for it to, you know, be good shit. You know, he's out there having great G1 matches with Okada. You know he can do it. He can go. I feel where the criticism comes in, it is criticism that should be levelled at the booking committee rather than Takaki Watanabe, the wrestler. Mm -hmm. So I would say in 
Western fandom circles, it's hurt him. But this is just what New Japan do. I think it's very, for people who are critical of him, I think that's very uh, short-sighted because New Japan always do this, particularly with Bullet Club heels. They always bash you over the heads with the shenanigans at the start. And then as they are more established, those training wheels come off and they're able to do something a bit different. So, you know, it happened with AJ was, you know, there was interference when he was first became leader of Bullet Club. Even Kenny, when he was first there, he was doing a lot of shenanigans. Uh, Jay White, the 2018 G1, they were banging you over the head with the bullshit and the cheating. So it's just following that same pattern for me. I think in time, some point next year, things will change and we will be able to start seeing more of Evil's wrestling chops rather than shenanigans. Yeah. He was on fire. Like when they, when they dropped the belt to him, I really felt like that could have been a moment for for the company and evil. I mean, it was we knew it was going to be a a short term thing. We really didn't think it was going to be a long term Okada reign. But imagine if if he just came out there and had one or two really fucking stellar matches. Those matches that you talked about that we know he could have. I really feel like that would have changed everything. And you're right. I do blame the booking. And I do blame how he's been presented. And I do blame that as the, the key factor in all of this. That's, that's, that's you know, we, we do sit here for years and talk about booking and ghetto and 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 how amazing they have made the idea of a, a world champion and even some of the secondary belts, you know, and you can, you know, talk about the intercontinental and say, oh, it's really a piece of shit belt or the U S and what they've, the, I think overall, most people would agree that what they did with the heavyweight title was pretty amazing run. And to give them the title was shocking and jarring and, and, and whoa. And I, but I think people would have gotten over that if there was just a, a one, two, I mean, again, he's only had a handful of the title defenses, mind you. But if he was able to fucking find a way to to deliver that match, if he had the, that match in his arsenal, in his resume, I don't think we would have half the fucking people turning their backs on him. I really well, don't. That's why, why I was saying last week, I think Wrestle Kingdom would be the time to do it, as they did with Jay White in uh, 2019 when he had that match with Okada, where the whole of the, the, the back half of 2018, it's Jay White, bullshit, bullshit, cheating, 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 and then he has the big yep. match with Okada, and you think he's finally going to get his comeuppance, and then bang, he wins clean. Yeah. So and we're and people are just turning the corner on that too. True. I mean, true. You 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 remember the fucking outrage of people with Jay White during the fucking G one. You remember that. The fucking outrage of people. Yeah, and, and I feel that this is a very similar thing going on with evil. So I don't want them to copy the same booking patterns that they always do, but it, it is New Japan does tend to do that. So again, I would not be shocked to see him get a big singles match at Wrestle Kingdom, let's say against Sonata, and win the match clean. I think that would be, uh, even though it was the same thing Jay White did, I think that would be a, a good direction to go. And yeah, I... I really want that to happen just so all the evil haters can eat crow because 
we, we he's a good pro wrestler. We know he's a good pro wrestler, but he's he's been thrust into a role that he's not quite comfortable with yet. He's still finding his feet there, and it's, it's going to take time. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, where are we going next? Let's go to Gorillas of Destiny. So right. Gorillas of Destiny have six points. They beat Yudra and Evil. They beat Dangerous Techers and they lost to Yano and Ishii. And yeah, we talked about the shenanigans in the Dangerous Techers match, which you know a lot of people are very critical of, understandably so. But I think we can kind of understand why they were there. Um, I have actually been impressed by uh, Tangaloa. He's in great shape. And I think he's a guy we can file under that category of people who are grateful to be back and are trying to make the most of it. He put out an Instagram post where he, he, with his shirt off, and he's just absolutely shredded. And he's taken this time off, the time in quarantine, to get himself into tremendous shape. He's, you know, taking it really seriously. He got a clean submission win over the, the Udra and Evil team, which I can't remember the parameters of our bet, but maybe... You might owe me a dollar for that one because there was a clean finish to that. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. d- d- Tangelo getting a submission win. That's not to be sniffed at. And um, he also broke Yano's stupid KOPW trophy. So uh, as I said, uh, similar to Finn Juice, where maybe Finley is setting a course to overtake Juice, perhaps Tangelo might be someone to keep your eye on from now on. I'm not saying that he's going to go and become a huge single star, but you can see that he is putting in the effort this time. Um, do you think it's time for if they do a Bullet Club faction split to maybe split up these two would that be something you would recommend possibly I think you'd have to find the right tag partner for him but he is he's definitely leading more into you know being the big big man bruising brawler type that we hadn't really seen so much from him in previous years. I don't know. I, I like, I like, I like the idea of Gorillas of Destiny better than I do their matches. Right. You know these two, you know Tom and brothers who are you know kind of crazy and they're going to just destroy you. But then the bell rings. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. So you know, in theory, no, I, w- I wouldn't want to split them up because I think you know they've got a good aesthetic. I like, I like the whole. Yeah, the package of Gorillas of Destiny, but uh, I just wish their matches were better because they always just, they hit that level. There's that peak of, you know, three and three quarter, four star matches and it, you, you know you're never going to get above that. Yeah. And the singles matches, they really don't have a great history when it comes to splitting up the tag team and putting them in the ring by themselves. They don't have a great history of that. So yeah, I, I, would, I would walk... Uh, very gently down that path if, if they're thinking that. But I will say this, uh, Tonga Loa does have a, a, a wonderful tag team partner in Rocky Maivia now, so I think I think that new coat of paint looks, should be great. Great stuff. Uh, and then at the top of the pile, we've got the LIJ team of Shingo Takagi and Sanado. They've got eight points. They beat Dangerous Techers, Chase and Farley, and Yoshihashi Goto. So they are the early front runners here. And I've enjoyed this tag team a lot. I thought it would be good, and they are really good. I think... Sonada is much, much better as a tag team wrestler. And I think Shingo is a better partner for him than Evil was because I think the the energy and intensity and power that Shingo brings to the match is a nice complement to 
what Sonata brings to the match. And I think they're playing off each other really well. I like this team a lot. Yeah. I do too. They're fine. Um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of... Look, again, I say it all the time. I'm the biggest Sonata guy. So I usually start to fade away watching. Um, and I kind of... I don't want to say the handwriting's on the wall that this team won't be in the mix, um, especially with Shingo with the, the never. So it's kind of like you're, you're just waiting for the shoe to drop with the team and go on a little bit of a losing streak and then oh, you know get them out of the out of the way and out of the picture. Um, I think I like them more than I like Sonata and Evil, um, but but I mean. It's not like they're blowing them out of the water when it comes to the matches. Like, it feels to me that it's relatively the same. Sonata and Evil and Sonata and Shingo. Um, marginally better. Marginally better. Um, it's just Sonata just doesn't, it's just, I don't know. And, and again, it might just be the fact that I feel in my heart that, you know, Shingo has the never title and then, None of their matches really – they're just balancing out the scale when it comes to the standings. So I don't know. I just can't get – I just can't get into them. And I, and I just can't get excited for them. Sorry. I just can't. Yeah, okay. Well, that's fair enough. I, I certainly agree with your point about maybe not being as optimistic about the long-term future. I would love to believe that this is a team that could win the World Tag League, but unless they're going to pull double duty for Shingo, which you know, there's no reason why they couldn't do that. Two nights, um, right? Yeah. I mean, the other wrestlers who didn't deserve it had to, have had two prominent matches on both nights. So why not? I mean, if they if they got the courage to do that, I think Dangerous Techers versus uh, well, the rematch, because we saw it in the World Tag League, I thought it was fantastic. So given a bigger stage than that, that would be incredible. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that one out, Damon. It could happen. All right. All right. Two nights. Can you believe they're doing two nights? <laughs> Goodness gracious. Whew. All right. Uh, Daredevil Rock says, what should Sonata and Takagi's tag team name be? I'm partial to the Calm and the Fury, which was a reference to Shingo's backstage comments that I, I referenced last week. Yeah, I think that would be a very good name, but um, probably not going to go with it. Uh, okay, so that's World Tag League. Just a few questions about that. Uh, Jay Cafe, my favorite independent wrestler. Um, if anyone from, you know, Rocky Romero, anyone like that's listening, you should Get on the phone to Jay Cafe. Get him involved in New Japan Strong. He'd be great addition. Anyway, uh, we can see a lot of makeshift teams for World Tag League. Who would you guys pair up as official teams going forward? So any of these teams, Damon, that who are not official teams that you think would be valuable permanent additions to the uh, the, the tag division? Huh. All right, good question. Um, I mean, aside from Khan on the Cob, uh, Ishiyano, no. Uh, Evil and Yujiro, no. Goto and Yoshihashi. I mean, listen, I think we all want Goto Ishii. I don't know why they can't do that, but okay. Uh, Sonata Shingo. It's not bad. I would probably say Sonata Shingo, truth be told. Uh, or or Juice and um, David Finley, even though they were World Tag League champions before. So um, so I'll go there. I'll go Juice Finley or Sonata Shingo. Yeah, I agree. I go with that LIJ team personally. 
Uh, James says, what's the weirdest tag team in the World Tag League and its predecessor's history? Personally, the 1987 runner-up team of Antonio Inoki and Dick Murdoch strikes me as very odd. So, I mean, I guess that tag team that you forgot, the <laughs> was yeah. it the, the NWA guys of uh, yeah. Lilam Race and I've forgotten the other fellas' name. No, that's, <laughs> that's how memorable they were. Uh, I think Billy Gunn and Bone Soldier is a... Was it, oh, no, was it Billy that. Gunn and Bone Soldier? I think, yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, that's a, a very strange one. Yeah, or, yeah, oh my God. Um, well, the Murdoch thing, so Murdoch was was a big deal in Japan. Um, and he was always in the mix. Like, he would team with Hogan and he would team with Adrian Adonis a lot. And I think they made it to the finals, uh, Murdoch and Adonis. They were pretty awesome. I loved that tag team. Um, yeah. So he was in the mix a lot. So so Murdoch and and Anoki isn't that strange. I mean, on paper you would you know you would think, but you'd be surprised how many people have rolled through, like you know the Von Erichs or Michael Hayes, you know <laughs> you know being in you know with his Confederate flag, <laughs> Cork and Hall. Uh, but that might have been all Japan though. Now that I'm thinking, I, I forget. It might have been, but I just remember that it was just like, whoa, this is not working. He was not. Needless to say, he was not brought back. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like the weirdest ones. But to answer the question, Anoki, uh, like Murdoch, was a big deal in the '80s for New Japan. So. And him tagging it with Anoki, it's not not that strange. They, they, they did it a lot. I wouldn't say a, a lot, but they did they did it more than it wasn't just like a one off thing. Um, I'm trying to think of like really weird. Uh, I'll come up with something, but yeah, usually it's like you know Barry Windham, and um, there was one six man tag I saw the other day. It was like Barry Windham. Um, who was the uh, the bar the barbarian? And who's the third fucking guy? But it was like that. It was like a mix mash of fucking people, and they were against um, S- Scott Norton. I want to say Hercules was in there. So it was literally just ra- picked ra- like roll the dice, pick random American pro wrestlers, and stick them in the ring. Yeah, Barry Windham, the Barbarian, and somebody. So that it's those type of things that are just like the craziest fucking things you'll say. Um, and, and New Japan loved doing that kind of stuff, like stuff in the West where you'd be like, "What the fuck?" Um, it was kind of like, "Yeah, okay, we put these two guys together. So what?" All right, let's get into the best of the Super Junior. It was KBS Hall, by the way, that venue with the stained glass window. Ah, there you go. Uh, best of the Super Juniors, then. So um, at the bottom of the pile, we've got Yuyo Uemro, who's got zero points as expected. He's lost to Bushi, Desperado, and Ishimori. I think Uemro's doing a terrific job. I thought he had a great match with El Desperado. That was one of the best young line matches, uh, in, in my memory at least. And, you know, Ishimori, I've said he's a guy who can phone it in from time to time. But Ishimori obviously respects the talent of Uemura enough. Again, they went out there and had a really good competitive match together. And his matches, you know, they're young line matches, but they are going 10 plus minutes with established guys in the division. So, you know, whilst he is there to, you know, make up the numbers, he is also, I think, exceeding expectations in his matches. And I think he has tremendous potential, you know, like main event Wrestle Kingdom level potential because he's he's got everything. He's got great looks, great body, charisma, and he's outstanding in the ring. So even though he's losing all his matches, I am really enjoying his output so far. Basic, simple, um, but at a high level. 
Um, I don't think that it, it, it's amazing when you go through and you look at reviews and you see people online and it's just like everybody, the, the high praise he gets just for being solid, just for doing the simple things at a, at a extraordinarily high level. Um, and when you get that and you get that, that baseline at a very high level, you, your mind starts wandering and and wondering if you know if we added additional elements what this will turn into uh, that's what people get excited for when, with these young lions matches they see the high level of basics being performed and they let their minds dream of okay let's add a little bit of spice let's add a little bit of fucking uh, flavor to this package and this is going to be great. I think people do that a lot, though. And a perfect example of that is like Master Watto, where I was so fucking high on him, and you don't know what you're going to get when it comes back. Now, again, this could turn into something great a year from now, um, and, and that's not what this conversation is about, mind you. My point being is that the fact that there is a a base that all young lions have, but it seems like he has it at at like his baseline is so much higher that the 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 prospect of great things being put on his shoulders doesn't seem like a burden. Um, and sometimes I think that's a lot of pressure, especially for a young guy who hasn't had an excursion yet, who hasn't. You know, done the New Japan thing and come back and like, if anything, this this Master Watto thing is done is put people a little bit on edge on excursion because we've had decent returns, we've had great returns. I mean, we and and here's the thing, and we have had young lions that you've never seen again. You know, whether it was a car accident, a fucking moped, or you know, Whatever, right? For whatever reasons, you know, you don't see him anymore. I don't know. I just think that this guy has such a fucking upside that it's almost, I I don't want to be disappointed. That's my biggest fear is that, and I don't think I will be, but I'm on a, I'm on a, a little bit on edge just because, I, I, again, you see the potential upside and you, I, I don't want him to fuck it up. <laughs> That's really it. I don't want him to fuck it up. Yeah, well, he's certainly making the most of this opportunity, in my eyes, anyway. And uh, speaking of another guy who I think is making the most, uh, Doki, who is on zero points yeah. as well. He lost to Robbie Eagles, Ishimori, and Hiromu. Um, Pro Wrestling Vi One says, has Doki been training at the dojo or something this year? He's been surprisingly great. Still reading from that top rope bombs away to the outside he delivered on Hiromu. And now I really think, you know, we talked about it before, but this is just his recent output, the best of Super Juniors, solidified it to me. Uh, he should be in the running for most improved New Japan wrestler of the year. Uh, he is a guy who you know, came in on short notice last year to fill the, the spot because Despi got injured. And I thought he was fine to good. You know, he was a solid hand. He's an experienced guy. Maybe playing it safe last year. But this year, he just looks like a totally different guy. Uh, and, you know, he's not hidden away on in the opening match, you know, like a Chase and Farley is. He's getting 
prominent spots, you know, not no main events, but like that match he had with Hiromu Takahashi, that was after the intermission, and they got plenty of time to go out there and work. I thought it was terrific. So he gets lots of time in his matches. He's got a really exciting move set. The, the execution is Chris. He's going out there and he's having ambitious matches. They're trying to do big stuff, high-flying stuff. He's he's reckless. He shows no regard for his own safety, which is always that sort of element of danger you, you like to see from time to time in the junior division. And the, the crowd are really into him. So he is just a, a guy who, you know, put all the memes to one side. I think he's been excellent in this best of Super Junior so far. Yeah, he's he shined, right? Um, and and you mentioned you know that 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 he's able to do things dangerous spots, mind you, and you know his dance partner in the ring is is more than willing to do that too. It feels, and I could be dead wrong, and I don't know, and I'm just going to throw this out here. It feels like he has the respect of a lot of the locker room, right? Between Despi and Hiromu and. Like he feels like a guy that the locker room is willing to try fun stuff with, right? And it's a little bit of a different junior feel uh, to his matches. Um, I I don't know if I don't know if the matches themselves are great or the matches themselves are spectacular, like and dangerous, right? I I don't know if these are great pro wrestling matches, but I feel like. The, the the moves that I see are that junior element amplified. And I think that makes the matches a little bit more bombastic, if that makes any sense. Um, like, I, he's the guy where I'm hopping out of the chair, being like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> uh, on some of the crazy shit that he's trying. Again, I don't know if the matches themselves are spectacular, great, um, in the sense of, I don't even want to say classic junior matches, but they have this air of dangerousness and this air of unpredictability that I dig and that I enjoy. And that, I think, is fresh from just about anybody else in this tournament. And then when you add Hiromo on top of that, right, you have that match where they can kind of get crazy together. That's fun. You know what I mean? They can let loose. And they, and they trust each other to kind of get a little bit crazy. Um, and they don't really have to do that. And, and here's the perfect example of a guy who's making the most of an opportunity. Like Doki. Like he would fall into that group of people that, they, you know, they might be up at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, looking at the fucking ceiling saying, okay, I got I to gotta hang on to this. So um, it's showing. He's, he's been a top performer in this tournament. Bushi is on four points. He beat Uemura, lost to Hiromu, and then beat Robbie Eagles. You know what you're going to get with Bushi at this point. He's not capable of lifting an inferior wrestler to uh, a quality match. His matches, they're just never more than the sum of their parts. Like If he's putting in maximum effort and he is against a quality wrestler, then yeah, there's, there's good stuff. But most of the time, I just find myself getting bored in the first half of his matches. You know, The closing stretches are fine. He's able to, to deliver exciting back and forth near falls but just he is what he is at this point it's difficult to get excited about Bushi uh, yeah it, nobody look there are Bushi fans and I don't want to shit on that you know if you're a fan you're a fan cool knock yourself out I, I just don't get it I don't I don't I don't get too excited about Bushi um, and it kind of feels like it's that 
you know he's not going deep into this, you would think. Um, I'm okay. He's okay. He's okay. I, and you're right, and it does depend on who he's in the ring with. But I don't know. You get battered over the head with six-man tag, six-man tag, six-man tag, and he's the guy taking the fall most nights, it feels like. And then now i got to take you seriously. It's kind of hard to do. So, yep, he's there. The matches are okay. I don't think there's anything that I would stay up late at night to make sure I watch with Bushi. El Desperado on four points as well. He beat Hiromu, uh, he beat Yuyo Emra, and then he lost to Master Watto. And there's a lot of discussion about the finish to the Hiromu match, which I thought was tremendous. Just the way that he brings a chair into the ring and then Hiromu's begging him, like, come on then, motherfucker, hit me. And then he he looks like he's not going to do it. And then like, oh, we're going to get a little baby face turn for him. But then he's like, ah, fuck it. And just smashes Hiromu's knee to pieces. I, I thought that was a great bit of storytelling there and really fits in with a scumbag El Desperado character that we know and love. Uh, so yeah, I'm a big fan of Despi. I think he's putting on great matches. I thought the Hiromu match was great. The Uemura match was really t- just terrific for a young lion match. Um, yesterday's main event, I thought, you know, he did what he, you know, he played his role in the Watto match. You know, Watto is there to be the babyface in peril and, and get beaten up and make the fiery comeback at the end. Uh, so, yeah, I think Despi's been very good so far. Do you think Despi helped Watto have his best singles match? Yes. Because I, I yes. think that's one of his best singles matches. Yes, agree. And yeah, I think not holding his hand per se, but being in there with an experienced wrestler like El Desperado who can, you know, guide him through the, 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 the you know, take the reins in the match because Desperado was in control for most of that match. So uh, it was sort of more of a Despi match than it was a Watto match. And yep. maybe that contributed to the success of it. Yep. Yep. I agree. And, and that's, that's, you need that, you know what I mean. You need that, especially when it, with a guy who's, um, you know, might be lacking in confidence or or lacking in whatever. Whatever, it's just you know, square peg round hole, round hole. It's just not, it's not fitting, right? So yeah, you need a guy to be able to keep the fucking match together and 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 keep things confined and not let things get out of control. And that's a, a great pro wrestler, and that's El Desperado. Uh, Robbie Eagles, also on four points. He lost to Watto, he beat Show, and then lost to Bushi. I thought the match versus Show was outstanding. And the, the yep. one bit sticks in my mind, that spectacular tope he did, where he sort of flipped over and just missed the guardrail and landed on his feet. That was just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Like the, the execution of moves for this guy is just off the chart. I, I think he's a match of the tournament contender. Yep. Um that that match with show and I think he's also a contender for MVP of the tournament and you know like we talked about with both tournaments that it's clearly shown which wrestlers care and are making the most of every single match and are grateful for being there and Robbie Eagles is definitely uh, in that group and I, just, I only wish you'd pick up more points I really think he's a guy who should be making waves in the junior division um, I mean the Watto match was a bit ropey at points but I think Robbie Eagles has built up enough goodwill with me personally that I would attribute that to Watto rather than Robbie Eagles, but certainly all his other matches have been great. So big thumbs up from me for Robbie Eagles. Yeah, he's in my he's in the mix for my MVP so far. Absolutely, uh, every match that he's been in has been uh, at the very least entertaining and 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 in some cases pretty spectacular. The the the, the positives that I gave Doki 
I, I think I would put with Robbie Eagles as well, minus the fact that I think Robbie's matches are a little bit more technically sound, if that makes more sense, than the the um, chaotic nature that Doki brings to the table, which is different and refreshing and fun. Um, yeah, I think, I, I, again, the Master Watto match, I think was a little bit more <sighs> and sloppy, the word I want to use. It was sloppy, in parts. I thought it was a good match, but has some very sloppy moments in it. Right, right. That being said, uh, I think overall his his tournament has been has been pretty solid. He's a guy that I th- I wish they would do more with. He's a guy that I wish they would do more with. Um, I know people talk about Empire and shit like that, and having him be the junior representative. I think that might be a good fit, don't you think? I think that I think that I think that fits kind of like a glove. That might be that might be the way to go with with Robbie Eagles. I would have no problem with that. Ryusuke Taguchi also on four points. He lost to Ishimori, beat Wato, and then lost to Show. And we're getting lots of bump shenanigans with Taguchi because yeah. his tights fell down by accident. I think against Ishimori, and now he's realised it can be a, a deadly weapon. So he <laughs> beat Wato with his with the bum in the face. <laughs> Lovely erotic move there. Uh, tried it against Show, but it didn't work. So, you know, you always get that dichotomy with Taguchi where he's going to be doing the, the ha-has or whether it's tap on the shoulder Taguchi. Uh, I, I think he's been a solid hand so far in the tournament. He, he, I, I think we're getting a good balance, for my taste, between high-quality grappling and funny, silly, light-hearted moments. And there, there isn't really anyone else in the best of the Super Juniors who's going to provide that sort of brevity. So... He's playing multiple roles at the moment, and I think he's doing a decent job. There's been nothing where I thought, wow, what an outstanding match, but it's all high-quality output. Do you, like, okay, Yano has hit you over the head with the, the, the fucking bullshit. Don't you think that, that Taguchi's just a little bit more of a dry humor guy? Like, a little bit more of a uh, subtle, uh, I mean, ass-eating ass aside, Joel. Don't you think he's a little more subtle in the way that he does his comedy shtick? Yeah, it doesn't wreck your suspension of disbelief. It's not as jarring as the Yano stuff. And yeah, like when he's waddling backstage with his pants still around his hips with his bum showing saying, oh... I don't know, my bum came out and there was a wrestling match and then and then there was my ass and <laughs> just like with a completely straight face. Uh, right. Yeah, I think he's he's a legitimately hilarious guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll take I'll take Taguchi any day of the week over Yano. What do you think of that when it comes to the comedy? Uh, yeah, I think he not only is more funny, but he's a better wrestler. I think in all the boxes concerns, Taguchi is better than Toriano. Yeah, actually, I like that theme song. Yeah, good song. Yano's music. He's even got better entrance music than Yano. I'm telling you what. Let's go right here and now. Taguchi better than Yano, right? Yeah, we all agree. Done. It's it's done. Put it, put it, put it down, kids. Taguchi better than Yano. Fight me if you disagree don't fight me i don't give a shit okay. <laughs> uh, he's also dropped a lot of hints uh about going after the junior tag title so i think that's going to be a future direction uh we, i mean i'll come on to that when we talk about master watto but uh, in the 
the future for Yusuke Taguchi, I think it's junior tag stuff. And I think that's a good fit for him because I've enjoyed, uh, I, I really enjoyed the mega coaches team he had with Rocky Romero. I, I think he's an underrated tag wrestler, Taguchi. Obviously he had outstanding stuff back in the day. Uh, Apollo Gogo with, um, what's his name? Prince Devitt. So, oh, yeah, Apollo 66, is it? Yeah. You say Gogo. Well, yeah, it's 55 and five in Japanese is Go. Uh, so uh, I always called it Apollo 55. And then when I was on the Eggshells podcast with Chris Charlton, he called them Apollo Go-Go. So, uh, oh. okay, so it's not Apollo 55. I guess it's Apollo Go-Go. I always went 55. Eh, what do you want from me? <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like a little pun. Yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in Thai, Thai language, the number five is pronounced Ha. So when doing text talk... Thai people, instead of saying lol or ha ha ha, they type five, 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 five. So when I first moved to Thailand and I saw people uh, texting 555 to each other all the time, I was like, what, what is going on here? And then I figured it out and it was very amusing. Oh. They're, a big, they're a big fan of Chris Gratton. Anybody? Anybody get that? Any, if anybody gets that reference, I'll give you a prize. How about that? I'm not giving anybody shit, by the way, Joel. <laughs> delete those de- delete those DMs immediately. Okay. Uh, Taiji Ishimori, who's the junior champion. It feels like that kind of gets lost in the shuffle with all this best of super junior stuff. That Taiji Ishimori is ostensibly the top guy at the moment. He's the one with the belt. And I feel with his card positioning, that doesn't always come across. He doesn't feel like the champion a lot of the time. Anyway, he's got six points. He beat Taguchi, beat Doki, beat Webner. So he's on a little roll here. Uh, he's he's inconsistent again like Bushi he's a guy who can uh, sort of go through the motions I thought the there was some fun in the Taguchi match doing you know the Sailor Boys shtick I thought he the, the Doki match I can't really remember much about it, but the Uemura match he put in a good shift there and, and did his best to make Uemura look good so it's, it's a bit of a, a coin toss with uh, Taiji Shimura whether or not you're going to get a good match um, I, I thought one of the best matches that, that I've seen from him was, you know, last show opening, opening match. Um, and sometimes you want to put that on, uh, a, a young lion's shoulders, which is pretty amazing, but I loved that. I thought that, that dynamic was pretty great. Um, what did you think of the Doki match? If you remember back. Really, really, no, it was, I remember I a didn't lot think of that was shenanigans, a great. like pipes and belt uh, uh, belt shots and, and all of that. I don't remember yeah. it being one of Doki's better matches because I don't think Ishimori was a guy who necessarily wanted to go out and have a crazy, high-flying, death-defying lucha-style match with Doki, which is a shame. Right. You know, Ishimori's been around the fucking block a few times. He's got to think... All right, I, 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 and again, I don't know. Maybe someone can confirm with us. Feels like a guy that, depending upon the location and the situation, yeah, he might be a guy to be like, eh, I don't feel like fucking doing that tonight, guys. <laughs> let's let's take it easy a little bit here. Um, so he's that, that, backstage with uh, Doki, and Doki's laying out his ideas, and he's going, I'm bumping for you, brother. <laughs> nice callback spot. Tito! Tito Santana. Uh, yeah, I ain't bumping for you, brother. Okay, well. All right. <laughs> that, 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 thanks. No problem. Um, what, what a great moment. What a great moment in my life. 
having Tito Santana fucking hand wave us. And we were, here's the thing, we were bumping for him all fucking, like, it was like, okay, you know, Madonna's going to get it, take him out, boom, I fucking fall, Twiggy's bumping left and right. Every spot was him going over. And I think it was just like one, I don't even think it was anything big deal. It might have been like a fucking <sighs> clothesline, like with that he, that we, I don't know. But it wasn't any, it wasn't like we were fucking destroying Tito Santana. It was just one bump. I ain't bumping for you, brother. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> looks like looks like we're doing all the heavy lifting here, Tito. Ariba! Oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's uh, Ishimori for you. Hiromu Takahashi, also on six points, lost to El Desperado, beat Bushi, and beat Doki. Yeah, you, you know every time out you're going to get a tremendous match with Hiromu. He is the... Poster, poster boy for the division right now. He's the junior ace, even though he's not the champion. He feels like the champion. And he's been put in the big spots. And I just, what a credit to this guy that even though uh, he's had quite a, a hectic schedule uh, since coming back, you know, he's been in, heavily involved in New Japan Cup, doing his best to get that over, working really hard in the junior tag tournament to get that over as well. Just everything Hiromu does, he goes 100% and tries to make the best of it that he can and nearly always succeeds. I thought the, the Desperado match was great. The Bushi match, uh, the first half of it was pretty forgettable, but the, the second half of it I thought was great. Doki match, just, just wild shit. It just reminded me of the old uh, you know, Kamatachi... Dragon Lee matches when they were both younger, younger and uh, crazier, just the, just the wild stuff that they used to do on like Fantastic Manias back in the day. Uh, so yeah, Hiromu, you, you know you're just guaranteed top quality stuff uh, every night he's out there, and the the expectations are very high. I'm not looking at Hiromu now thinking, am I going to get a good match here? I'm looking at him thinking about his wrestler of the year resume because it is there for the taking. I think if he continues to deliver, then he will be one of the heavy favorites for the rest of the year. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. You know, with G1 being as odd as it was and, um, you know, the usual suspects not having uh, a big say in deciding wrestler of the year, this is his for, for the taking, right? Um, it, you know, if he has a spectacular second half, of best of the super junior, he might walk away with this. He might walk away with this. Um, and speaking of, we'll we'll have more information about that. I think we're going to do what? Start um, December first voting. Do you want to have a live meeting? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I just I feel that until this tournament has concluded, it's not fair to start the voting because right. I think there's a good chance that we might see some match of the year candidates in that Budokan show yeah. and towards the tail end of that best, the best of the super juniors and world tackling to be fair, but there are people going to be making cases for themselves for lots of categories, you know, best junior, rest of the year, most improved. I think best tag team is probably a wrap at this point, but I think there's certainly enough left to play for that. I would be tempted to hold off until we finish these two tournaments. And that's what, December 7th? I think it's the 12th. Oh, boy. So that means we'll have literally, what, th three weeks of voting? Two weeks of voting? Yeah. 
I can't really think of any other way around it because I, I really think no, that there's to, everything yeah. to play for in these two tournaments. I mean, here's the thing. People usually, people usually vote right out of the gate. The minute we announce it and release the form, people vote, right? You get a fucking ton. And then you get like little drips and drabs in the middle. And then it's, okay, final push, assholes. If you haven't done it, you're fucking beat. And then we get a big, big push then, right? Um, so we're just going to have to condense that in fucking two weeks. You know, whatever. It is what it is. We're living in a trouble time. Yes, Joel. it's, what, it's what the a, fuck do you want from us? a microcosm for the year that New Japan have had shoveling. I don't want to say uh, what is it? Ten barrels of shit in a <laughs> whatever that that great idiot <laughs> bag. Is. But uh, it's not shit. It's good stuff. But we're we're trying to cram it into uh, a receptacle that is too small to contain all the goodness. But we'll, we'll manage. We'll do our best. Um, yeah. Okay, let's move on to show. Six points. He beat Doki. Lost to Robbie Eagles and beat Taguchi. I think he's been very good so far. Um, expectations are high again. I think a lot of people are looking at him, uh, expecting him maybe even to make the finals. He, he could be a contender to headline uh, some of those, those the big shows down the line. I thought the Doki matches and Robbie Eagle matches were great. Taguchi match was fine. Um, I just I enjoyed the little touches from show, like when he was doing his backstage interview after losing to Robbie Eagles, when he tapped out and he said, Look, I've got a long tournament ahead of me. Uh, he, he had me in that um, Ron Miller special. I had two choices. I could either uh, tap out, live to fight another day, or I could try and you know, grit my teeth and maybe co- cause myself a more serious injury. So I decided to, in the heat of the moment to tap. Maybe it was the wrong decision, but that's what I did. I live, and, live or die by that. So I like to see that thoughtfulness and, and intelligence coming through in his promo. So I think the uh, show's been very good so far. I... I think so as well. The only thing that gets me a little bit under my skin is he's in that tweener role of junior and heavy, right? And you would think that he would have better performances against the juniors, right? Being that he competed against heavies um, and, you know, the never title uh, as an example. So, like, if you lose, like, if show loses, he's... In, in my mind, that junior is now elevated, right, to a certain degree. Um, maybe I'm just fucking stretching that out a little bit, but I, 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 I see what you mean. Like, you mean be... like, because he's been able to go toe to toe with guys like Shingo Takagi and beat Shingo Takagi in the New Japan Cup, that you want to see like more power wrestling from him in the best more dominance, right? 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 Yeah. Yeah, more dominance because, again, if we're talking about juniors and heavyweights and the line and the sand and all that shit where juniors are taking fall, I mean, okay, so if we're if that's the narrative, he should be dominant, right? Um, and if he's not, the person who beats him should be dominant, right? Um, so I, I wish – here's the thing. Yo is out. Yo is not coming back anytime soon. I mean, I think that injury is a little bit – when you talk about you know ACLs and MCLs and all that shit, that's you know that's serious. That's that's a year. That's a year. Um, move them up. Commit to it. Just do it. I don't I don't see that being an issue because if not, what we'll have is show just kind of floundering around in unless they're going to dedicate a junior program with him and presumably Hiromo, which would be great. Um, 
I don't think that's in the in the cards though. Um, so so now he's a junior. That's just what going to be in fucking multi main tags for a year. Uh, is anybody really pumped up about that? Especially a guy like Show. I just think there's better options for him. Move him up. Um, don't give me the hype argument. It's not. It's just make him a heavy, and let's see what we got. Okay, I think that's fair. Uh, again, I still think there's a lot of mileage in him at the top of the junior division, but we'll have to see how the rest of this best of the super junior shakes out. Because if he, you know, let's say goes through to the finals and puts on a you know, killer match with Hiromu, is he going to win that match? I don't know. I think you've raised a lot of interesting points there for, for us to think about, David. Uh, okay, let's move on to Master Watto then, who's on six points, beat Robbie Eagles, lost to Taguchi, beat El Desperado. And Andrew asks, if you had to put a percentage on how much of the way to the Grandmaster Master Watto has travelled, what would it be? Uh, I would say he is 15% of the way there. There's still a long way to go. But he is being pushed and he is being protected. Like the, the loss he took to Taguchi was because he had Taguchi's anus in his face. So it's not as if he was comprehensively beaten. And I was surprised to actually to see him beat guys like Robbie Eagles and El Desperado. So it's clear that the company think a lot of him. Uh, you know, he was given this big main event win. A bit just being put in the main event in the first place against El Desperado. It speaks volumes. And I think he's been mostly good. But... There are moments of, oh, like, you know, him nearly dropping Robbie Eagles. The finish to the Despi match was just a touch sloppier than I would like. It was a really nice roll-up maneuver sequence, but then his leg kind of slipped and Despi's shoulder came up and it was just like, ah, oh, that was, it was nearly amazing. But you kind of slip there. The, execu- the execution not quite there. Sometimes he and his opponent will sort of lose each other and things break down a bit. So... That is a hole in his game that I think he needs to improve. But a lot of people are overstating how bad he is. I think, like I said, it's 80% good, but then there's that 20% where you're like, ah, I hope he doesn't kill anyone. And <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> I, I mean, I also think that the Tenzan thing might be becoming a hindrance because <laughs> we had a moment where he came, Watto came back to do his post-match promos. Like, ah, oh. so I went out there and... I tried my best. And then he was mid-sentence. And then Tenzai walked back and was like, okay, yeah, good job. All right, well done, buddy. Right. Patting him on the shoulder, sort of pushing him out of the camera camera view and taking over the promo there. So, I, yeah, I'm not sure how much that's helping right now. Uh, but yeah. um, just, I mean, you can tell, like, for example, uh, the, the Taguchi match. He, Taguchi and Watto worked very hard preparing on that match. They put some really nice little striking exchanges, sequences, um, that was a big improvement on the, the Robbie Eagles match, which wasn't great. And they, they just, yeah, they weren't on the same page at times. Main event against Despy, I thought he did a, a good job for the most part there. You know, he's he's the baby face in power. He's there. I thought that the selling was good for the most part. A bit inconsistent, but again, I, I'm I'm saying this a lot about guys who are selling their leg through a big portion of the match and then doing flippy shit as if nothing was wrong. So... Again, that's just a Joel thing, uh, which annoyed me. Again, if I'm going to criticise Osprey for it, I've got to criticise other people who do it too. And uh, Watto did that in, in this main event against El Desperado. But uh, on the whole, I think he's been decent. He's a, still a work in progress. I think his future is in the junior tag stuff uh, for now, because I think him and Taguchi are going to be pairing up again to take on 
uh, Kanemaru Desperado, if, if De uh, Kanemaru is back in time, I think that's going to be their Wrestle Kingdom program. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Master Huato? Huato! Um, I think his uh, Google map is recalibrating <laughs> at the current time uh, on his way to the Grandmaster. Uh, I think that we had a uh, made a wrong turn and uh, we're updating a map. And I think we got a long way to go. Um, I will say this as well, too, where Damon will take a gigantic, big, fat, juicy L. Because if you remember back, all the things that you talked about with this tournament with him, that was a that was a criticism people had of him during his time in Mexico. And I was on that, eh, you can't judge Mexico, you can't judge a, a, a excursion, you don't know what you're going to get here, probably pays little... Uh, you know, and these are all the same complaints that you had with these matches that we were hearing about him in Mexico. Like, is he the only human being where Mexico didn't help him? <laughs> right? Like, you, you look back at all the people who've gone to Mexico and it's been a life changing thing and uh, the careers skyrocket. This one. I don't. I don't think Mexico sat well with him, even though he was dancing with my girlfriend. Uh, uh, what was Canseco? That's her last name, Canseco. Uh, the the dancer, the CMLL dancer. Oh, hubba hubba. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think the jury is definitely still out. I think. And here's the thing, too. I think the, the junior titles is a good thing for him because he has somebody he can learn from on a nightly basis. Like, sticking him in the ring solo, um, I mean, there's only so many ways he can be kind of coached and helped, pardon the pun, through a match. Being in a tag scenario, he doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting. Um, and he can watch and learn a little bit and get kind of get his, his bearings again. Um, and I think Quato's pre-excursion was so much better than his post. Something happened in Mexico, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Something fucking happened. Uh, where, again, you just you just lose something. You just lose something. Because uh, he doesn't feel like the same guy. He feels like a guy who doesn't have a ton of confidence. Um, and he has a look that projects that lack of confidence. And he has Tenzan, who's kind of strong-arming his way in. Um uh, in situations where maybe he doesn't even know he is. Um, it's all those things that just make him look like a fucking geek. So that brings us to the end of the Best of Super Juniors participants. Uh, Jay yeah. asked, which junior would you guys like to see pushed to the title picture that isn't Hiromu and Ishimori? Uh, for me, it would be Robbie Eagles. I know we talked a lot about show and him needing to show his dominance, but I think there's so much upside in Robbie Eagles. I think he could be... Um, in a an extended title program, if not being the, the junior champion himself, I'm going to go a little different. I, I agree. I mean, he, I mean, I would I would have zero problem with that. Don't get me wrong. How about El Desperado? Yeah, I would definitely sign off on that. I I think El Desperado is great. I've been a fan of his for years, and I you know this history that he's got with Hiromu back from when they were young lions. The Kiyosuke Mikami stuff, I think there's a lot of mileage in him having a, an extended program for that. I know they sort of flirted with that in 2018, I want to say, uh, when he had a title match. I think it was Kizuna Road. 
coming out the, the back of the best of the super juniors and that was outstanding so yeah i would love to see more of that right you got yuya you got uh even robbie eagles you got Watto in the mix um you know if you're looking at a guy who can keep all that together it might be might be the perfect guy uh show i'd like to see higher in in you know when i see higher heavyweights hey man um and again hiromo he could still be the anchor he could still be the 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 top guy but yeah if you're giving somebody else a taste of the, of the title i think el desperado would be my pick and louis says i feel like the best of the super juniors tournament matches have had more quality than well tagley which tournament do you guys think is doing better in match quality so far yeah, I would tend to agree. I think, um, and that's not to say world tag again. Nothing's been bad. Like, nothing's been hand wave. Nothing's been shit where I'm throwing my remote and be like, "Fuck that!" None of that. It's been all been good. All been good. I'd I'd give the edge the best of the super juniors. Um, I, I maybe that's a style thing that I, I prefer more. But I don't think world tag league has been bad. Um, it's been good. It's, it hasn't been great. I suppose I should do my strong roundup before I finish. Seeing as I'm oh, the are you kidding me? Watching this. Uh, I'll be really quick, okay? All right. or, or do you want me to save it? Do it. People... No, I've, I've mean, watched this fucking show today, so I'm going to get my do it. my ice-cold takes out there anyway. Okay, so we had uh, the DKC and Clark Connors defeating Logan Regal and Sterling Regal. So Clark Connors got the pin in that one. So uh, I'm sort of trying to weigh up my preference to have an established tag team go over two singles guys with my desire to see Clark Connors get a big push. And I think I'm leaning more towards the need to see Clark Connors get a push. So I'm okay with this one, even though I was a little bit of eyebrow raising to see the Regal Twins lose because I really like them. I think they could be a good future addition to the uh, junior tag team division. Second match, we had Russ Taylor defeating Rocky Romero in 10 minutes uh, with a guy lock. Um, Russ Taylor, he is very reminiscent of Zack Sabre Jr., very similar style to him. And again, just Rocky, what an unselfish guy, putting over the the uh, young... T- well, I say young, I've no idea how old Russ Taylor is, but... yeah, they- 73! <laughs> I thought that this was a, a good match. Um, we had a Hoss match in the third match, uh, Jeff Cobb against J.R. Kratos, with Jeff Cobb winning in 7 minutes 38 seconds with the Tour of the Islands. I thought it was a bit of a strange choice to have uh, J.R. Kratos going up against a guy who who in Jeff Cobb, who is as big, if not bigger than him, certainly more well-defined in, in terms of muscularity, because I would have thought if you want to get over J.R. Kratos as a guy, you know, another big hoss on the roster, then maybe build him up a bit more and have him going through some of the smaller guys, like maybe guys that were in the Lions break crown, have him get some dominant singles wins over those to build up that eventual match against Jeff Cobb. But um, there you go, Jeff Cobb gets a win there. And then the fourth match was the US Heavyweight Right to Challenge contract match where Kenta repairs his briefcase and grows his hair out to defeat David Finley once again, 40 minutes, 11 seconds. And I just, I'm, I'm done at this point. It was really disappointing because we're getting chair shots, we're getting ref bumps, we're getting dick punches. In front of nobody. In front of nobody. And it just, it gets to the point where you're seeing evil doing it and then you know despy's doing it from time to time and then kenta's doing it in this show and it's just, they, they they should have thought through that a bit better and thought about you know when this is going to be broadcast and is it going to be overloading these tropes and yeah it was it's too much for me now i just i don't see what the value was in doing it here i mean i guess it's, it protected david finley to some extent but 
I think he would have had more to gain from just you know a close, uh, exciting, competitive match where he narrowly loses without having to have all, all the shenanigans in it because I don't think the, the shenanigans are a good fit for Kenta. And I think it was notable that when he came back for the G1 Climax, he, he stopped doing that because Evil was already doing it. But now back in these uh, strong episodes, which I understand they were, they were taped before the G1 Climax took place, but he's doing it in strong and it's just it's too much for me. All right, Sam. See, you're you're getting on board, getting on board the uh, the the anti New Japan. Uh... <laughs> less is more. Like the the more frequently you do these things, the less effective it becomes. And just seeing like exactly. three different, you know, established people doing it on <laughs> three different tournaments is on a absolutely meaningless. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like again, you're, you're not getting a crowd reaction. Yeah, you're not getting. Uh, yeah. Don't don't watch strong, everyone. It's it's no good. (laughs) It's weak. Uh, Okay, right. We've done two hours here. I need to get back to my family. So uh, redsocket.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to give some money to us. Discord link is in the show notes. Again, tremendous fun to go in there if you're watching these shows live to uh, chat with other people as it goes down. I'm often in there as well. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super j cast for one of our great t-shirts. Thanks as always to Editor Dan. You can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network has other great wrestling shows. Please give us a five-snake review and some kind words on iTunes. It really helps us out move up those rankings. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>